Breaker Breaker 1-9. We hope you have your ears on. Once again, Jack Drastic, alongside Danny Franks, bringing you a flaming Hot episode of Men Seeking Tomahawks. Danny Franks, how are you, sir? Good. That makes me hungry for Cheetos. What doesn't Is make that... you hungry for Cheetos? Good question. That's a, a uh, long list. Yeah. Now, I... Okay. So, I had this conversation with a coworker of mine who's who's based in the Northeast, and I, I've said something about Cheetos, and they're like, oh, yeah, we have Cheetos, but there's this other thing that we have up here in New York that's, like, better than Cheetos, and I know you've spent time in the New York, New Jersey area. Do you know what that could be? Some sort of like off-brand Cheetos, but that's actually like more popular up there. Doodles or something like that. Ooh, regional chip talk. Table that. Okay, hold on. I'm uh, I'm writing. Regional, man. I think you just found some, some, some virgin territory, some undiscovered land. Because I like to till the dirt up and see what uh, see yeah. what's residing under the surface layer. I feel like we always go to soda or pop. Like that's always the conversation there. But you moved over to the chip aisle, and I think we do. We we have enough resources in terms of folks we know about this world around the country and around the globe that we could ask them about their chip preferences locally. We could really dig into that, Dan. Good call. Stand by or stay tuned for that. Stay tuned. Do stay tuned. And stay tuned to this episode because this is not chip talk. Not yet. We're not ready. We're not prepared. However, I feel uh, this is a jack-intensive episode for, for warning. I mean, you, you, you can jump off at any moment. Uh, but I feel very good about this episode because uh, recently I was made aware of a surprising discovery regarding my ancestry, Dan. And uh, it sent me on something of an adventure. And although my adventure has not yet concluded, I thought it might be nice to bring you all up to speed on recent goings on. So uh, do stay tuned because uh, this is an interesting one, I think. I think. A true crime podcast, maybe. You know, it is yet to be determined, Dan. But first, Mm. something else to be more excited about. German techno. As always, we're going to uh, delve into a worldly exploration of various genres of music. And our first sampling this evening for you does come all the way from Germany. And it's a techno song, experimental techno, using only a drum machine and an analog filter. So let's see what you guys have to think about Nano Packs with the song Mar right here on Men Seeking Tomahawks.
all the way from Germany. I bring to you for your consideration Nano Packs with the track Mar. Danny, instant feedback from you. So typically, typically techno will kind of start one way, stay that way, finish that way. This one about, say, a third to a half of the way through, it just takes a sharp left turn and becomes a whole other song, but somehow makes it work. It was really cool. I liked it. I, I agreed. Agreed. So if you'd like to hear more from Nano Packs or any of the artists featured on the show, you know where to go. It's menseekingtomahawks.com. So Danny... I have been on a bit of a an adventure. I've I've kind of been on a saga, a little solo saga over here on this side of town. And I thought it best to discuss it tonight. I've I've kind of texted you a little bit about the goings on over here, but obviously we haven't talked to dear listener and you know we must include them, right? So, um, my uh, breaking news: I am with sister. I have, I have a sibling of the female variety, and uh, Jenny Drastic reached out to me recently and told me that she was delving into some genealogy. Dan, have mm. you? Uh, has the Franks hyphen Matthews clan gotten on like the Ancestry dot com or any of those? Uh, resources yet yeah so it's interesting because i never thought that they had but something at some point in time and that's the most generic thing to say but uh something led me to go over there and you know you start punching in information searching around and create your account and then it lets you start linking to other people that have completed more and very quickly i found that you know i had a great uncle that did a whole lot of research on one side of the family and then an aunt that had been doing stuff on the other side of the family and before long you start linking up with these other family members and you've got your family tree put together mm. and then it's like that rabbit hole where you want to start diving down and saying well, okay how far back can i go and you know five hours later you've you've assembled your family tree it's pretty neat that that is the rabbit hole i have found myself going down and it and i've made i made a really interesting and uh just a kind of shocking discovery something that uh just a a a, a coincidence that uh that was really just kind of tickled me and uh like you said it's it's really sent me down a rabbit hole this is something that i've wanted to get into for a long time and you know for whatever reason i think when you get older you start to think about the genealogy stuff you know a little bit more than maybe when you're a kid and these days with all these you know newfangled resources it's kind of cool how how simple it, it is you know and, and how doable it is and so, yeah, uh, my younger sister has been putting in the work and she's, she's been sending me some updates, you know, about, uh, uh, DNA mixes and, you know, kind of long-term where, where people were, were from and, and where they went to and all that stuff. Now to, to make it clear about what kind of shocked me about all this was, uh, just as a little bit of background, I was born in Houston and I spent you know, my, my childhood in Houston. And, uh, that was where most of my immediate family had been from. And we didn't, I didn't really know much else. I knew that there was some, uh, Ukrainian descent. People migrated from the Ukraine to Montana. And then I knew about some stuff on the East coast, but it was all vague. I mean, I, I, I was born in the eighties, you know, we didn't have the websites and all that cool stuff. So I was just, it was all a lot of word of mouth stuff, you know, at that point. So my sister started to kind of paint a more clear picture of, of, of some of the, the migratory routes of the people in my tree. And so, as I said, I'm from Houston, roughly 2001, I came up to the North part of Texas for school and, uh, have stayed here for the most part. For the better part of 20 years. So I find myself living south of Dallas in a tiny town called Midlothian, cement capital of Texas, if you will. Or Midlow for short. And, and yes, that's what the cool kids are calling it. And so my sister sends me a text one day saying, 
Our great, great, great grandfather, whose name was Alpheus Cyrus Wixon, is buried 10 minutes from where I live right now. Which to me was kind of shocking, right? Because just by coincidence of school and then employment and whatnot, I ended up here and in a place that I really didn't know we had any uh, reason or our family had any, you know, uh, time spent here. And all of a sudden now I find out that a very distant relative is right down the road uh, in the Waxahachie Cemetery. So, so the other thing that I think is pretty random there is like, we look, you joked about like Midlothian is, is a small suburb of South, South of Dallas. Waxahachie is a small suburb. But as small as they are now, several centuries ago, they were even smaller than that, right? Yeah. Like it, this, these are not like, oh yeah, you know, I, I had a family member in Dallas. Okay, well that's a lot more believable. But somewhere like very small that just happens to be close to you now, that's crazy. Yeah, and 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 what happened subsequently in terms of my adventure with all this, I've learned a lot about this area, and this area was a historically a, a, a big a big place in terms of uh, settlers and the pioneers and all that fun stuff. So back to Alpheus, I figured, you know, I mean, as soon as she told me, I was like 10 minutes, I got, I got to go over there. Right. So, check it out. uh, he was born 1845. He passed away in 1910. And, uh, the cemetery that he's buried in is called the, the Waxahachie city cemetery. And, uh, Dan, do you, um, do you have much like, thoughts what are your thoughts on cemeteries um i've never like i'm not big into like ghosts or ghost hunting or anything in that realm mm-hmm. so i'm not i'm not really of the of the mindset of like okay you can't go into them or don't go into them after dark or uh yeah so i i've not really got the whole um like i don't want to be in one like cremate me and sprinkle me over somewhere you know fun but in terms of, in terms of like, you know, I know some people don't want to go near them. Um, it's funny, like my neighborhood, like part of the northern expansion of my neighborhood, like crosses a cemetery. Mm-hmm. And like there's all this like, oh, are they just going to build a neighborhood around the cemetery? Are they going to, you know, just, it, it's like a big deal. And to me, it's just like, oh, I mean, it's cool. It's like part of history and it's there, but no, nothing yeah. beyond that. Yeah, I've never given much thought. And it seems like the times that I have been in cemeteries, they've been for, you know, for obviously sad reasons, right? Mm-hmm. So I never really thought much more than about the the, the, the reason for us being in the, the cemetery. I do have some thoughts on cemetery and I, on cemeteries, and I kind of want to get to those later as I, as I wonder this, this story. But, uh, but yeah, so once I learned about, uh, my relative, my great, great, great grandfather's, uh, burial site I, I headed right over there and uh you know this is kind of this felt a little bit of a good omen i put the cemetery address in the gps and i head there and it turns out that uh, this place where my distant relative is buried is adjacent to uh historic richards park in fabulous waxahachie texas now those who Let's just be honest. Nobody knows what I'm talking about here. <laughs> Waxahachie has a baseball park called Richards Park. It's it's uh, It was from the 19-teens. I mean, it's been around for a long time, over 100 years. And there were two local pro teams that played there, the Waxahachie Buffaloes, Dan, and uh, the Waxahachie Athletics. But a lot of folks don't know this, but uh, back in the day, a lot of major league teams – uh, did their spring trainings in Texas and and parts kind of in the Midwest. And so this park is also the home, the former spring training home of the Detroit Tigers, the Cincinnati Reds, and the Chicago White Sox. So, you know, pretty impressive piece of baseball history right there. Now, remind me of the timeline here. Could Atheus have visited the ballpark, like, for games? Was, was he in uh, – a- no, by okay. about 
four years, but maybe he, oh, he uh, just missed it. Yeah, he just missed it. So you he know. could have been there during the construction, maybe, or like or like heard of plans, like maybe read in the the morning paper that they were going to build a ballpark, and can't wait to see first pitch. Yeah, that's very possible. Now, so. was this a tax funded, uh, taxpayer funded stadium like <laughs> like we see nowadays, or is this uh, a private project? I uh, Dan, more on uh, more to come on Richards Park for a okay. number of reasons, but uh, but yes, it was really neat because this is something that, for reasons that we will talk about maybe in the distant future, I've been wanting to see this historic park where now the Waxahachie High School team plays. Cool. Uh, been very interested in seeing it. I now have done so. So I park in the baseball park parking lot and I look to my right where the cemetery is. And Dan, it's big. This is a big cemetery. And when I first decided that I was going to go find my my distant relative here, I uh, I was like, oh, I can just pop in, you know, just walk around, find the name. Yeah, like some cemeteries are are tiny, you know. This one was uh, was actually uh, it actually dates back to the mid 1800s, so it's been there a while and it's been expanded a lot. Okay, so that was going to be my question. Is it just still kind of a an active cemetery? There's still, you know, funerals, and you still see kind of the 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 uh, contraption where they they lower people down and, yeah. and all of that. Very much so. Very much so active. So, and that's the thing, like kind of getting into my, my, the start of my, the onset of my adventure was that I kind of drove around and kind of walked around and I'm like, holy crap, there's no way I'm going to figure this out. So I decided now I'm like, okay, well, this is a historic place. Uh, this part of of Texas is, is, is big into its heritage and lineages and ancestry. So I was like, certainly somebody can help me out here. So I found the sign that said where the, uh, where the cemetery office was. And I, I, I drove over to, to where a couple of groundskeepers were and they were super duper friendly, you know, just a couple, couple good old boys, just digging dirt and you know, that sort of thing. And, uh, they had some records, uh, of, of these, uh, of, you know, locations of, of plots and all like kind of an alphabetical order. And they went through it and uh, to no avail, there was uh there was no Alpheus Cyrus Wixen listed there in their, their records. And so I kind of got, kind of started talking to, to these guys. And, um, you know, they said, you know, this is a, vi- I mean, like I said, this, this cemetery opened in the mid 1800s they only have a very small percentage of the graves actually identified. And uh, it wasn't any surprise to them that they didn't have a record of, of my relative because it, unfortunately for them, it, it, it happens, you know, often, not, not all the time, but, but sometimes. Is this because like the headstones are too worn down to read what they say or like we, why is it or is it just lack of time or lack of resources and funds to like start cataloging more you know of the unknown areas there's kind of a few reasons so yeah some of these some of these uh gravestones are very very old and very very illegible some of them are completely unmarked Uh, unfortunately the waxahachie cemetery has recently been in the news because of some vandalism issues Mm. which which is pretty shitty right i mean it's you know i i just uh that's a real bummer that, that yeah. people would do that sort of thing. But yeah, there's some unmarked graves. So there's, there's things that have been forgotten and, um, you know, it, it's kind of a mess, you know, they're doing their best and I'll kind of get into some of the resources that, uh, that the, the city has, has put towards, uh, kind of cataloging the cemetery and, and getting a, 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 as best they can a record, but it's it's a spotty record. And, so I have a uh, I have a question that kind of like is is timely for what this part of the story at least. Yeah. Um, is there like in that you know the Jenny Drastic when she was looking up and she identified okay we have a relative that's buried in this cemetery. Like what's the source of that information? Like is that from like a newspaper article or where does that information come from? That that's a really great question. And I and I'm, my assumption is that like what you said, there's a we have 
different family members that are users and have kind of, you know, pieced this thing together. Especially when you're that far down the the tree, right? Because there's lots of people that like are related to this person. Yeah, yeah. And so so we've we've seen kind of like a a little bit of that lineage there. But you know, there there is there's the ancestry website. There's also a a website that's called I think it's called findagrave.com, something like Mm -hmm. that. It's a pretty useful website for for locating, you know, people. He's on there, but again, there's no listing. There's no ID. It says it's in this specific cemetery. Doesn't say where. And it doesn't. So, it doesn't say like who who put that particular piece of information there. Right. There's no way. There's no way. So that I've found thus far to to get that sort of information. So I, I talked to the, the the groundskeepers, and they said, "Look, uh, there's no rhyme or reason to any of this. There's different segments of the." of the cemetery uh, some of them are original and then there's expansions but people are buried in in different times and all of them so even in the oldest part of the cemetery there could be somebody who just passed away in 2022 buried there you know um so they they gave me some advice they said look start along this side uh, that was kind of like the secondary expansion when I told them that he passed away in 1910. They said that that's the area they would start. Uh, so I kind of started over there. And uh, after this musical break, I'll tell you some of the things I've found and uh, some of my observations. Because I've never really given much thought to cemeteries. But uh, having spent several days just wandering one, uh, as 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 you might think... As you might assume, I've I've developed some observations, Dan. So that is coming up next. But first, we are going to move over from the, the German techno scene all the way over to hip-hop from the UK. I give to you for your listening pleasure, Lilac 2001 with Everything is Strange. Right here on Men Seeking Tomahawks. Try and notice, I'm high again, I'm trying to focus. Another day without an ADHD diagnosis. Money's running out, I'm stringing it on higher doses. Need to know that when I overdose and die, you'll notice I'll be on my tenth take. I don't know the word still, 50 on the belt, mate. Cleaner than some Persil, woke up, it was still dark. Now I'm feeling worse still. Jordan's with the quote marks, rest in peace to Virgil. Rest in peace to Mac as well, cause I know that he's else. I worry about my status though nobody else cares And I can only take so many health scares Room's got that tobacco smell, I blame it on myself I'll see you after the weekend I'll get out the deep end Time for change Everything is strange I'll see you and I can get time And I doubt I'll make that deadline Time for change Set the bar low, my name's not Gary Never wore a bally cause I knew I wouldn't qualify Might retire early drinking my way out in Parry One time I got mugged, I can't believe that I apologise Fuck man, I think I need another valley Personally, the biggest challenge has been learning me Are there people worse than me? Definitely, certainly But now I'm realising that mentality is hurting me Cause this isn't just the way I feel a certain day or certain week And little things are hurting me Arguments, etc Guess I'm not the best at always dealing with uncertainty I'm trying to get to all my lectures and speak to all my lecturers and get through university But I'm fine now, man, I'll do what it takes Wanna know everything in like five or six ways Just to make sure that when you say my title it stays But I don't feel I have the drive that it takes Took some melatonin, I feel like I'm in space And nothing makes me happy like my duvet's embrace So I'll keep trying to put those healthy habits in place So my future house can have more windows than Bill Gates. I'll see you after the weekend I'll get out the deep end Time for change Everything is strange I'll see you and I can get time And I doubt I'll make that deadline Time for change 
after the weekend I'll get out the deep end time for change Everything is strange I'll see you and I can get time And I doubt I'll make that deadline time for change Everything is strange Lilac 2001 Everything is strange, and I do mean everything. That is just a little bit of hip-hop from the UK, Dan. He's a storyteller. I like that. I enjoyed that, too. I, I did enjoy it. There's a reason I, I, I bring you the music I enjoy, and, and I hope you do, too. So as we pick up the, the Cemetery Saga, as I said before the musical interlude, I got a little bit of guidance to find something that... Uh, up until now, has been lost. And and Dan, kind of like what I was saying in the break, I wanted to make sure I got this point across. Uh, this has been a an unforeseen kind of cataclysmic event for me. And I, and, and I haven't really talked about this much on the show, but I don't have much of a bond with my family. You know, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit strained. And so to find out that I have this relative whose final resting place is lost and also 10 minutes from me was kind of weird it was kind of it was kind of a uh, a cathartic thing to find this bond and kind of almost like a uh, an, an inherited task that i've found that they, this is my thing I, i'm 10 minutes some coincidentally i'm 10 minutes from this dude and we don't know where he is and i and i feel like I got to, this is my mission. I got to go find, I got to go try my best to find him. Right. So as I said, talk to the groundskeepers. They kind of gave me some ideas as to where to start. They also gave me a kind of a sadly racist place not to start. They told me, don't go to the back corner. They call that the Spanish corner. So you've already said, you don't believe you have any uh, Spanish or Hispanic uh, background. Yeah. I don't think a Wixen is over there, but kind of a, 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 in addition to the, the, uh, the vandalism angle of this story, it's also kind of crappy to be like, Oh yeah. Back in the 1800s, we put all the Brown people over here. Like that's, uh, but I mean, that's a part of ancestry and history. Like, you know, we don't hmm. want to pull the textbooks no, out of school. Hey, right? Yeah, no, no, no. We're telling the, we're telling the full story here. We're not, uh, we're not, uh, Whittling the the uncomfortable details for those who can't handle that sort of thing. Sorry, kids. So I have a, I have a question about like because oftentimes it seems like especially back then and now uh, families are buried together. There's so there's no record of like anyone else from the family being in that area that you could maybe like find one that would lead to the other. Okay, that okay. So the 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 uh, the, the genealogy stuff that my sister has done has led us to believe that there's a a segment of Texas between. Let's say Waxahachie, Waco, and Mason. And that's where this branch of, of the, the family kind of resided. Now, this individual, we can't tell for certain, but it looks like he was married twice. And we, we, we're not sure about how that timed out in terms of uh, marriages and kids and all that stuff. But um, he seems to be the only person in, in, in the family that is buried here. So he's all by himself, which makes it tougher. Because as I started to walk the, the cemetery, that's one thing you see, you see is you see the, the family, uh, you know, the big stone with all the family. So now I'm looking for a little bit of a more tricky one to find, right? And my adventure, my, my, my search got even trickier as I went along. So... As I as I started on one of the the newer additions to the cemetery, it was it was so nicely structured. I could walk down uh, a laneway of 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 of, of uh, headstones, right, and I could say this one, the, no, 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 like just go over each one of the names, and then I was done, and I could go to the next row, and I would do that. And so as I started. I, I was just taking mental notes. Okay, I've, I've knocked, I've eliminated this block. Now I'm doing this block. I would find like a fancy, t- like there'd be really fancy headstones. And I'd be like, okay, so I've already gone to the one with the big granite ball on top of it. So now just you know, remember that for next time. 
here's where it got even more tricky than than it already has been was I got when I got to the the original part of the cemetery, Dan, it is a cluster F. I don't know what was going on there at the at this point, but like it's pure anarchy. It like there's there's no rhyme or reason to it. There's things that are like sideways and diagonal and they'll just kind of meander off. And and at that point the whole mental note organization thing I had going just went out the window. Like I had so no is it, <laughs> is it fair to compare this to like a well laid out European downtown with like grids and north everything's north and south and east and west compared to some of these uh cities we have here in the United States where there's just like streets going diagonally and then yeah. a bunch of one way streets and then, you know, uh, branches off of streets that are dead ends and alleys and everything else. You, dude, dude, that's actually a good point. I remember when I lived in Jersey City, New Jersey, for a few years, that uh, somebody explained to me that the the roads were built around like where the horses would go, like, and so there's no real. They just <laughs> we let paved. the horses decide where the streets go. <laughs> like he walked that way, so what are we supposed to do? We had to make it a road. Yeah, and that's basically kind of what I found here. I don't know if that's the reason behind it. I've done, I've. To this point, I've done some research on the cemetery, but not enough to tell you why. But man, I, you know, like I said, I started like I got to I got through about a fifth of the cemetery so far, and once I got to the original part, I just started having to get my phone out and take notes and photos of like blocks that I'd already hit. But it got, it, I mean, to be honest, it got a little bit uh, depressing, right? Because at first I was like, okay, I, I can do this. It's like Tetris, right? I, I get this line, I get this line, I get this line. But then I got to this other part where I'm like, I, I don't even, maybe I'm seeing all the headstones that are legible, but I might be missing some that are tucked, you know, in this little pocket over here and stuff like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's like they're just told, uh, oh, you need to pick out a plot. Yeah, just go, just go pick anywhere. It's like, well, are there predetermined uh, spots? No, no, no. Just like oh, pick a spot. Well, like? that's where we'll do it. Yeah. And the next person comes up, like next to this person. Oh, wherever you want, we'll we'll find some space. We'll just we'll keep cramming them in there until there's just no more dirt to to pull up. I did my best getting through the the really janky uh, stuff there in the original bit, and I got to about a quarter of the the cemetery so far and uh you know it's i go when i can right and when i originally spoken to the groundskeepers they said go to the city library and so i was like okay well maybe this is a good time to try that out because so far there's there's no record online of a location none of the the big binders they have on premises have any information either so I said, okay, I'll go check out the library. I hadn't is this to like look for an obituary or something that might have like written documentation I was, or I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure why they sent me to the library, but it they made it seem as if there might be some some people with some expertise there. And um it's a little bit embarrassing to admit, but I don't think I've been to a library for maybe a couple decades. I think the <laughs> so last they just you're like, uh, can you point me to the Dewey Decimal system? <laughs> <laughs> no, I walked in. I walked in and uh, waited my turn and uh, got to the the front and asked. I just explained. I was like, great, great, great grandfather's over there, down block away. Can you guys help me? And and the nice librarian said, uh, yeah, actually, just go downstairs, and it's the first door on your left. So go downstairs to a uh, room full of books and empty of people. No one, nobody was in there. So I figured, okay, well, that's fine, right? I can figure this out. So I start looking around and uh, that was, it's an entire room based on local history and genealogy. So that's pretty cool, right? I start going through, there's actually books, uh, volumes and volumes of books on cemetery records and these these were really fascinating because you know some of these books Dan were over a hundred years old, and they were printed locally on typewriters. You know, like you you would open these books and they would be single page, like there would be no back, right? Because they just did it on typewriter, and then pulled the page and then started the next page. And some of the some of these books, you know, not only were they uh, very obviously printed on some old old typewriter 
but some of these pages, I mean, they were so brittle that they were nearly falling apart in my hands. I mean, it was like tissue. And so did they have any kind of like precautions you were like, did you have to wear gloves or wash your hands or no, we, we ain't fancy Dan. This ain't, uh, <laughs> this is, this is Waxahachie, Texas. This isn't, uh, this isn't somewhere where, where those sort of protocols and procedures are in place. Uh, I hope, I hope I didn't, <laughs> I hope I didn't do something I wasn't supposed to do. And there, uh, so there's no, there's not been any like digitization of these records either. I don't know. I don't know. So I, I spent about an hour or two just going through all these books again, could not find a, uh, Alpheus Wixen in any of them. I even kept in mind that, uh, back then people didn't spell people didn't read too good or, or write too good. So there was a good chance that Wixen wasn't spelled uh, as I know it. It might've been spelled, you know, in a different way. So, you know, I just went to the index of each of these cemetery records and looked for W-I-X or W-H-I-C-K or W-I-C-K, just any variable I could in the index and not a single Wixen could be found. And uh, so on my way out of the genealogy department, I come across a couple of cards actually here on my desk. There's hmm. actually two genealogy specialists employed by the Waxahachie Library. Uh, there's a, a genealogy person and then someone called the uh, family history detective. So I grabbed their cards and have emailed them and they said, you know, come back on a Saturday. They do, they basically do this for a living trying to help people uh, find relatives and build out their, their genealogy stuff. So Saturday's like the day that they're like open to working with you. Yeah, yeah. So so that's kind of where we sit right now is uh, uh, to be continued. But I did want to, you know, I, I after after having gone to the library, I I did go poke my head back in the cemetery and just take a quick drive, and I wanted to kind of talk about some of the things because, like I said. I I'd not really spent much time thinking about cemeteries, you know, I mean, they're just, they've been a place that I've been to uh, a handful of times, unfortunately recently. Uh, but you know, it seems like in those instances, you're either focused on your grief or someone else who's important to you. You're, you're thinking about their grief. Um, but you're not really looking around too hard, right? And being in this historic cemetery and walking it for days, it really made me uh, think about them, you know, think about the, the act of what a cemetery is and what its, what its function is. And um, I never really thought about this too much, but like they're kind of, they're, they're, they're really, really fascinating, you know? Um, because they tell they tell stories, you know. They don't. They're 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 relics. It's kind of like archaeology, right? You're, you're you're dealing with with puzzle pieces. You're not you don't see the full picture, but the story they do tell is is very fascinating to me. Because, like for instance, uh, I I saw several instances where, referring back to those those big family plots, I'd see someone had bought a whole big area for a specific family. And then there was only one person buried in that whole thing. And, mm. you know, you wonder, it's like, how did that happen? Right? How did, how did someone, how did that guy want to have his whole family with them or, or something to that effect? And, and for, for what is the reason why they're not there? You know, and that could be that, I mean, just, you know, that could be lots of different reasons, right? Um, so I saw a few of these. This was an interesting one. There would be a, a dual headstone, a duplex mm -hmm. headstone, if you will, where it was supposed to be spouse or spouses, right? And one spouse would have a uh, name born dead. And then there would be one spouse who name, you, would, you would see name and born but there was no death engraved and it was long ago enough that, you know, so this isn't like a living person. No, that's no, no. Waiting for their turn. Yeah. It would be, it would be a situation where 
you definitely you should got be, remarried and you should got be married go- next. <laughs> that's the thing right yeah get, there should be something printed here are you a highlander or no, no you're not a highlander you most likely said no no thank bury you bury me next to the second spouse yeah and so think or it could be like hey i learned you know after after the the husband's passing then i learned about his other family like let <laughs> let his other wife get buried with him right like i'm not gonna lay next to him forever there could be, it, it, that's what you're saying. Like there could be all there are all kinds of stories, there, and it's exactly. up to you to kind of yeah I, think I, about. I kind of Warshack tested you there because it's like you you really you see these things and you're you're just getting a glimpse into into these. It's a very intimate glimpse, but but it's just a fractal glimpse, right? And so it's really interesting to just walk these grounds and and see this little snapshot of these people's lives. Yeah, and you know, you're mentioning like the micro stories, right? Each little plot or each little headstone has its own story. And I still kind of look back to what we talked about earlier, kind of that macro story of the whole the whole cemetery of like, okay, at some point in time, these were being placed all over the place randomly. And then at some point, someone came through and was like, hey, we need to more than likely like, hey, we can't find headstones because right. like it's a mess here. Like we need to start being more organized so people can come back and find you know, their, their, their loved ones, headstones. Um, or like we said, the, the, the people that were, um, you know, segregated, segregated, they were segregated in the graveyards too. And like, those were the certain, you know, the certain era was that. And then at some point in time it became, you know, blended sections. Uh, so yeah, kind of the micro stories of each little headstone has its own. And then the macro stories of this kind of, you know, this, this village, right? Yeah. There was, uh, this is uncomfortable again, but uh, there is a, a a segment of the cemetery called Babyland. Oh yeah, okay. So when I when I mentioned when I mentioned I didn't really have feelings towards cemeteries, I do remember that from my few visits to cemeteries. You always see like you can see across the way where there's you know teddy bears or something yeah. left at uh, headstones. That's that's the most uncomfortable. Like when you're walking around and seeing people from the 1800s that lived, seems like lived, you know, long lives and stuff like right. that. Like that's okay, cool. This is, this is like a historical relic. But when you see stuff like that, especially, you know, having kids of your own and stuff like that, it's uh, yeah, that's that's the tough one. That was, and and there was there was a segment specifically for that. There was also inter- intermingled. There would be a little teeny tiny headstone and it said infant, you know, just a few days, you know, and God bless America. You know, effing, I mean, here's not to go on a rant, but a lot of pre vaccines in, in this situation. And then all of a sudden, a lot of those teeny tiny little headstones go away in, in historical records. So just saying guys, let's, uh, let's listen to the right people, right? Just yeah, just a thought there. Modern science. So Dan, I mean, that's um the question that I had for you, kind of to uh, put a bow tie on this segment of the saga. Are cemeteries good? Like, do, what are your thoughts on? I mean, because like you said, you hadn't really thought about this too much, but like, just in general, I mean. I'm conflicted. What do you what do you say about are just are they good? Are they is this a good thing? Yeah, I don't know. Like are, and who are they for also, right? Like are they they're for for those who are living, right? They're not for those who are deceased. Right? They're they're places that you can visit and kind of remember your loved ones, but like to me and you know, anytime I bring this up to the to to the wife, she she's like, "Let's not talk about that." But no, it's question is <laughs> I'm like like there's there's no reason to spend money on that for me. Like I like look at pictures, you know, look at belongings when I'm got like there's plenty of things. Look at, you know, the children and kind of what, you know, they they look like me or they have my eyes. Like let's remember through that versus like just hey, there's a spot where like his lifeless dead body got put under. Like so from my standpoint, um and then I do the same thing with my loved ones who are buried in cemeteries. I don't go visit because to me, like my only memory of that location was once they were already dead. Yeah. Like, take me to the park where, you know, we would play on the swing or take me, you know, or we'd fly a kite or, like, take me to the pond where we would go fishing. Like, to me, that's a much better way to celebrate their memory, to remember, you know, their, uh, you know, my memories with them than, like, the place that they 
were transported to after they had already died. So like my personal opinion is like, hey, there's great ways to to memorialize those who, you know, came before us. And I'm not quite sure that like just a field of, you know, of, you know, remnants of these people is really the best way to do that. What about you? See, see, that's how I thought wholly or mostly, I guess, uh, before this whole thing started, because yes, uh, I'm, I'm scheduled to be cremated any day now, any day now. But then I started, you know, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm not changing that plan. I, I, that's, that's what we're doing here. Just light the fires and kick the tires. You know, that's fine. Um, but then I started walking around this thing, right? And again, uh, seeing these stories unfold, you know, grandiose headstones of these, uh, these, these fathers of Texas, right? And their, their, their legacy, their, their, uh, their, their whole family, all in these, this, this whole thing together. And, and these, uh, the, the one guy who thought he was going to be buried with everybody else. And they all said, F that noise. And now it's just him and the spouse who didn't, you know, didn't get buried next to the other spouse. And, and even and just the, the, just the story, you know, just, just seeing these things. Um, it's a unique and I think, I think important um, concept to have these things here. But I also think about like, there's so many people that can't afford a house. There's so many homeless people, but there's all this land that's preoccupied with dead bodies. And like you said, I felt that I, the, the, the time that I learned the concept that you just mentioned was when uh, my dear uh, grandmother passed away when I was uh, I was in my 20s and you know it sucked because we were so she she basically she essentially raised me uh, she was such a sweet woman and I remember I, I gave the eulogy at, at her funeral and I remember seeing her and thinking of uh, you know seeing her remains and uh, you know thinking about how she was no longer in pain and that was what made me really happy because it you know it, it just didn't end, it didn't end well and uh i thought about all those people in that room and how this was for them you know this was for me this was uh this was a a good you know this was this was cathartic for us right and so she she's buried in brenham texas home of bluebell and uh I, you know i've gone a few times and talked to her and that's been significant uh, that's been important for me, but I'm, but again, I am, I'm a conflicted because I think I'm like, well, uh, we could build housing or, you know, places for people that couldn't, that are on the street or can't afford a house. But I mean, I wonder what percentage of land in this country, maybe in this world is preoccupied and we can't do anything with it because of this. And again, I'm, I'm just asking questions here. Right. Yeah. That's probably a much bigger conversation than for this. But I mean, I, I think it's mixed. Like you drive through Waxahachie yeah. and there's plenty of land to build stuff. There's, it's not because yeah. like, Oh, Waxahachie's full. So we can't put any low income housing here. That's not that. But you know, if you were to have that conversation in Europe where like, yeah, then there's absolutely like a lack of, a lack of places to put things. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think it's, it's probably a, a multifaceted question. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so from from the the mystery still out there. Um, the mystery, it, yeah. Like it sounds like you, you still got plenty of walking to do in that mm-hmm. in that cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a chance there's another cemetery in town, and there was just like uh, someone just kind of shorthanded city cemetery when really it was the you know the the Baptist cemetery or something like that? Dan, I don't know, but I aim to find out. And Alpheus Cyrus Wixen, if you're listening, I'm coming after you, pal. And I'm gonna put some nice daisies out for you or something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna. I, there, there is an end game to this, Dan. I know, I know it's gonna happen. I can feel it. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to presenting this uh, at a time, not of my choosing, but of <laughs> when it chooses me. I guess. I can't wait for the follow up. Yeah. Hold on. What 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 was that sound? Oh, that's my phone, a text message. Uh, let's see, it's from the MST intern. Oh, actually, he's out in the green room and says there is an irate individual in there with him who really wants to come in. 
irate. What what did we do this time? What did we do? I, I think I know, and in fact, I am so sure of it that I will just go ahead and once again welcome to the program the preeminent Tom Waits tribute artist in the Tri-County area. Yep, it's him. It's Tom Proceeds. Oh, boy. Ah, yes. Good evening once again to all you illustrious listeners of the Men Seeking Tomahawks program on Not Radio. <laughs> and to our hosts, the Rapscallion Jack Drastic and that scallywag Daniel Matthews hyphen Franks. <laughs> I say, how dare you? How dare you? Okay, I, I'm I'm so confused right now. What did we do, Tom? Not we. You, Jack. You. You see, I've been listening to all of Tom's albums, and as an aside, Tom, I'm really a big fan. It's great having you here. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, it's always good to be making new fans. Just like it's good to make a jewel-encrusted lunchbox... For the Latvian Prime Minister for his field trip to the ancestral home of B. Arthur. <laughs> Tom, that is exactly what I was thinking. So, Jack, you, you actually may or may not know this. Tom, he's put out over 600 studio albums, and I've actually listened to seven or eight already and, and working through the catalog, and they've all been nothing but songs about cemeteries. Yes, uh, 75% of my back catalog is songs about the spooky, about the macabre. (laughs) I can't believe you didn't consult me before embarking on an installment about trying to find the lost grave of a great-great-grandfather in Waxahachie, Texas. I mean, it's literally the name of one of my best-selling albums. (laughs) I can vouch for this. It's true. I just got a copy of that one on vinyl. Also available on two-inch reel and coming soon to wax phonograph cylinders. <laughs> okay, Tom, Tom, this this appears to be a gross oversight on my part, and I deeply apologize. Since you're here now, though, we'll go ahead and offer you the forum. What say you on this situation? Well, uh, I've always found that strolling in a cemetery is a lot like alphabetizing your bric-a-brac and storing it in an air fryer. You follow me? <laughs> like when you're getting your taxes done, but all of a sudden, your accountant undergoes a metamorphosis into a shrinky-dink before he factors in all of your deductions. <laughs> and Tom, do you have any advice for Jack on trying to find a potentially lost grave? Forget about it. Not many people know this, but usually when a grave is lost, it was lost because the supernatural being at rest there wanted to be lost. Okay, that that is an astonishing notion. What What would cause a spirit to want to be forgotten? Well, usually it's because uh, they've accumulated too much gambling debt in the afterlife and are avoiding their phantom bookie. Okay, gosh. Though I have it on good authority, some of the formerly living go missing in an attempt to avoid these extended car warranty calls that are so damn popular these days. Now, when you say you have it on good authority, who's your source for information on, on the paranormal? Well, I'm glad you asked. I, uh, I have the privilege of consulting what I've found to be a very reliable source on the subject of the otherworldly. Hmm. You see, uh, I have a haunted magic eight ball with a soul trapped inside. It whispers to me sometimes, mostly about photo booths and mustache wax. I bought it off a guy at the Ramada Inn in a parking lot and Austin, Texas. Oh, okay, that's intriguing. Uh, well, Tom, you have once again contributed to our show in a way that only you can. We appreciate you stopping by. Oh yeah, yeah. Anytime. I, I'd best be on my way. I've got a honeydew list a mile long with some of the most mundane drudgery one can imagine. <laughs> Tom, I feel you right there, brother. What do you got this time? Is it yard work? Is it laundry? 
Oh, it's worse. Way worse. I have a black tie engagement with the Pope at Build-A-Bear. What? Arrivederci, fellas. Oh, my goodness. There he goes. Just like that, another installment of Men Seeking Tomahawks has left this plane of existence. Be sure to subscribe to the program on your preferred podcast app. Become a tomahawk-seeking person by joining us over on the social channels. And to hear more from the musicians featured on the program, go to menseekingtomahawks.com. For Dan, I'm Jack. For Jack, I'm Dan. Uh, Tom, Tom, bring me a Build-A-Bear. You got it. <laughs> <laughs>